You're listening to Rocky Mountain Review on 90.5 FM KCSU Fort Collins for Tuesday, January 30th. I'm Lee Zimpel, your news director. And I'm Tyler Weatherwax, your assistant news director. And we are the voices behind the Rocky Mountain Review news broadcast that airs every Tuesday and Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. As always, we here at the Rocky Mountain Review strive to give you the most up-to-date, unbiased, and factual news. On today's show, Tyler goes over how one CSU school won awards for its excellence in campus news. And a Poudre School District bus driver pleads guilty to charges of child abuse. More on that with Lee in local news. Then one Colorado town close to Fort Collins is offering something new to horror fans. And one congressman came to visit CSU to talk about democracy. Tyler will bring you all of that in Life and Events News. Later on in the broadcast, a bizarre stolen newspaper mystery in one small Colorado town was recently solved. More on that in National News with Lee. And with that, we'll get started with campus news. Hello, I'm Tyler Weatherwax, and this is your Colorado State University campus news. CSU's School of Business is well known for its quality and skill. The School of Business won the award of Best Business School. The award was presented by Financial Times, a British newspaper that specializes in business and economic affairs. The newspaper only recognized five business schools across the world, and Fort Collins' own CSU was one of the very best. CSU is also the only school to be recognized from North America. The school's main focus is on business for a better world, and that starts with all undergraduate and graduate students taking a course on responsible business to really make the world a better place. Colorado State University will be a part of a leadership role that has recently been funded by $160 million. The money will be coming from the U.S. National Science Foundation, which supports science research all across the country. The regional research hub is focused on supporting partnerships as well as mitigating and responding to the growing issue of climate change. The Colorado-Wyoming CRD will be receiving $15 million for the next two years to add to a grand total of $160 million in the past 10 years. The program will be working on solutions for the climate change that is growing in the United States, and CSU is playing a key role in creating a plan for the future of the research and creating partners to accelerate the work. A very rare bat specimen is being added to Colorado State University's collection. The spotted bat will be added to the CSU Biology Teaching Collection to help students and researchers understand the bat better. The bat species can be found in many western states but are thinly populated. CSU can now claim to be in possession of such a rare animal that will help those learning about and researching the animal. Coming up next is Lee with some local news covering a Poudre School District driver who was found guilty of charges and more. In local news, a former Poudre School District bus attendant facing over 160 charges related to child abuse pleaded guilty on Monday to less than a dozen of those charges. 37-year-old Tyler Zanella, a now former PSD paraprofessional, was arrested in May last year. Fort Collins police say he was accused of hitting a kindergartner with disabilities on more than one occasion. Through bus camera footage, police were able to find 11 victims, all of which were students with disabilities. According to Denver 7, Zanella was facing a total of 164 charges. Those included third-degree assault and crimes against an at-risk juvenile. As part of a plea deal, Zanella pleaded guilty to 11 of those charges. These include seven counts of third-degree assault against an at-risk person, two counts of harassment, and two counts of child abuse. 
Zanella was hired by PSD late August of 2022, and he was fired last spring in late May. He worked a bus route that focused on serving students with disabilities. Some parents of the 11 children police identified in the case were at the Larimer County courtroom Monday. Some parents supported the plea deal, but not all of them did. Supporters of the police say they want to move forward and begin healing, and they are still asking for the maximum sentence for Zanella. One mother, one mother, Sabrina Herrick, does not support the plea, and she says the deal is not enough, especially after seeing a video of Zanella interacting with her daughter. Herrick's daughter was nine years old at the time, and in the video, she says Zanella was flicking her face repeatedly and blocking her into her seat. She says her daughter was crying in the video and that Zanella would only stop to look for nearby adults before continuing the physical taunting. Herrick says she respects the parents who support the plea, but she wants the judge to reject the deal. She said, quote, I feel that justice is making sure that our children get to see that there were real consequences for what was done to them and also making sure that something like this can never happen again. Zanella isn't scheduled for a sentencing until April. That'll be when Judge Daniel McDonald decides if he accepts or rejects his plea deal. If accepted, the case will move forward to sentencing, and the punishment Zanella could face depends on multiple factors, but he could face over a decade behind bars. A Loveland landlord is saying the unexpected death of a woman means she broke her lease, and now her family in Greeley is expected to pay over $4,000 in fees. In October, Letitia Farrer moved into the Avenida apartment complex in Loveland. Farrer had dementia, but her family says she was still fairly independent. Farrer's daughter-in-law of 25 years, Kelly Gantos, says Farrer was a fun, family-oriented person and that they thought putting Farrer in a 55-and-up community would mean she could have friends and mingle. So it was unexpected when Farrer passed away earlier this month. And now Gonzo says the complex sent her family a bill just a few days later, charging them thousands in penalty fees. She says the complex said Farrer's death was an early break in the lease. According to CBS News, Gontos says the fees are unethical and that even though unethical doesn't always mean illegal, she says that taking advantage of people is wrong. On top of the fees, Gontos also says the complex kept Farrer's security deposit, so the family is planning to not pay the fees. Gontos said, quote, it's not right and we feel that if we stand up, others will be able to follow. Colorado law says a lease is canceled after a tenant dies unless the lease explicitly says otherwise. In this case, Farrer's lease did have it in writing that even in death, she would be held to the lease's terms. Gantos says the manager did say she was sorry for their loss, but that the lease is still the lease, and Gantos says that that notion didn't feel truly compassionate. Her family says they want to see Colorado law change to make sure other families avoid the same fees under similar circumstances. The apartment company behind the bill is Graystar, and the company was already facing a class action lawsuit. Graystar was sued in Denver court earlier this month over claims they were charging unlawful and meaningless fees to tenants across the state. I'm Lee Zimpel, and those were your local news updates. Coming up next is Tyler with an exciting story for horror fans, plus a quick look at local events this week, and our feature story on Representative Ken Buck's visit to CSU. You'll get all of that after the break.
KCSU is supported by Washington, supporting live and local music in Fort Collins. Upcoming shows include Lettuce on February 8th. Tickets and info at WashingtonsFoco.com. Hello, I'm Tyler Weatherwax covering life and events. Landline Shuttle Service, an airport shuttle company that takes passengers from Fort Collins and Loveland, will be expanding its services even further in northern Colorado. If you are a resident in Greeley, your choice of transportation to the airport will soon have more options. The shuttle will be picking up passengers on the southwest side of the Hampton Inn and Suites. The price of an adult ticket costs $35 for a one-way trip. Contributions for this story come from BizWest. Sports are meant to be fun for everyone and enjoyed by all. That's what one Colorado Bowling Association believes and practices. Located at Crown Lanes, the Colorado Blind Bowling Association is helping expand the game of bowling to those with limited vision. The association focuses on allowing those with limited vision to get out, have fun, socialize, and of course, bowl. 30 weeks per year, around 35 members hit the lanes to share the experience of bowling together. People of all abilities are welcome to get in there and have some fun. Contributions for this story come from CBS News. If you're a fan of horror, then you're in luck. One of the most famous horror locations, the Stanley Hotel, will be offering a great way for fans to check out some horror film greatness. An 80,000 square foot film center and museum are being built to be added to the property. The Stanley Hotel, of course, draws in large amounts of people for its connection to the Stephen King book The Shining and the Stanley Kubrick film of the same name. A theater is also planned to be a part of the museum and film center. The opening could be in as soon as two years. Contributions for this story come from CBS News. Coming up in local events, you can catch a lot of fun this week. Tomorrow, you can join the Human-Animal Bond in Colorado for their event that is online. The event starts at noon, and you can join via a link that can be found on CSU's event calendar website. The event takes a look at diving deeper into understanding dogs and cats by gaining deeper connections as well as learning more about the legged friends in your life. Again, this event is online, and the link can be found on CSU's event calendar website. Thursday, we'll see the live performance of Banshee Tree and Yak Attack. The bands blend indie pop, psychedelic rock, and jazz to create their own sound. These two live performances will be at the coast in Fort Collins, with doors opening at 8 p.m. on Thursday night. Over at another live music staple of Fort Collins, the Aggie Theater, is Level Up. The dubstep artist will perform plenty of rave-worthy songs to get up and move to. The event is on Thursday night starting at 9 p.m. Coming up after the break, you will hear the Rocky Mountain Review feature story going over the recent visit from U.S. Representative Ken Buck at Colorado State University for his event as a part of the Year of Democracy.
Groves, and you are listening to KZSU. Hello, I'm Tyler Weatherwax with our Rocky Mountain Review feature story. Representative Ken Buck visited Colorado State University as a part of the school's Year of Democracy on Friday. The event was the first for the spring semester at CSU and had at CSU had a full fall semester of events as well. Buck spoke to students and staff of CSU to have a discussion about the current state of democracy. Buck said, quote, there was never talk of impeachment. It wasn't on the table. We throw the word around now like it's something you eat for breakfast. Buck also spoke about the importance of the youth getting involved in government, even if it's in a small form. Buck said, quote, there are some folks here that are younger than me. I'd really be worried about the national debt. There is a way to have government and have great services without having $34 trillion of debt, said Buck. Buck also said that the great part about governing is you can look back and feel like you accomplished something, and the interesting interesting thing is, is the lower the level of government, the more you feel the accomplishment. The two student mediators also shared their thoughts after the event. All right, would you mind telling me your names? My name is Amber Wright. My name is Jack Barrett. Great, and then can you tell me a little bit about how you got involved with this event and what made you want to be involved with this event? What was your inspiration to be here today? Absolutely. So Jack and I both participated in the Strayer Center's CSU and DC program, which allows students of any major to go to an internship in Washington, D.C. You can go for a variety of reasons, right? So you can intern with a nonprofit, with, with any sort of organization, but both Jack and I interned in the Senate. So he was with Senator Fisher from Nebraska, and I was with Senator Hickenlooper from Colorado. And so that's why we were chosen for this, actually, is just because President Parsons' team reached out to the Strayer Center and requested student moderators who had been in the CSU and D.C. program, just because we would essentially be ambassadors for CSU. And since we had been in D.C. and had some inside knowledge of Congress, we might be better positioned to ask questions of Congressman Buck. So we were both super excited to have the offer, and I couldn't wait to help interview Very interesting. Anything to add? Yeah, a little bit more on the Washington Center's program. I personally loved it. It's kind of, you go out there, I did it over the summer, and they give you opportunity to select from a ton of professors about what you want to learn. I selected international relations. The course load is like, you get six credits for doing your internship, and at the end, your supervisor gives you a grade, and then you get two credits for taking my class was once a week and just over Zoom. I really loved it. My professor was from Yale, a doctorate from Yale, so really interesting material. And then um, the other two credits was a module kind of on professional development. So just really cool experience. Um, and yeah, that's about all. Yeah, I would highly recommend the CSU and DC program to anyone who's interested. It was a great experience. I was there in the fall, and so it was a really cool time to be in DC and just gain any sort of professional experience that you may need. Uh, the program really sets you up for success. Great. That's great. Yeah, very interesting. Um, and then can you tell me a little bit about what you think that this year of democracy does for you know our students uh, on campus and students that are off campus or just any students at CSU and even the staff, professors? How do you think that the year of democracy is you know helping CSU as a whole? I think it's a very important theme to have as we head into our 2024 election season cycle. It's a very relevant topic. We've seen a lot of division since the 2016 presidency, and we're seeing a repeat of the 2020 election, so people are more polarized even than they were in the 2020 election, and so it's really important to center the fact that we appreciate that we live in a democracy and that we need to put in the work to make sure it remains that way. Whether, you know, no matter your political beliefs, you need to show up. You need to be there to have hard conversations. You need to be there to get out the vote. You need to just contribute to our democracy, and so I think it's really great that our university is encouraging this, because as we look throughout history, 
history. I took a class on the 60s from the August program. And students are integral to the political process. They are. Because as students, we are researching. We are perhaps one of the most educated voting blocks because we are actively learning in class every single day. And we need to get involved in political movements because we will be the future leaders of our country. So why not start now? Oh, yeah. To add on that, I feel like kind of what Amber touched on, this is awesome what Colorado State University is doing. And I feel like we really don't see it from much universities around the country, you know? Purposely creating dialogue between both sides of the aisle is fundamental to our democracy, and we really do need to see more of this nationwide. The Rocky Mountain Review also interviewed CSU President Amy Parsons for the event as she continues the Year of Democracy. Just if you had any thoughts on the event today and what you thought of it and how the Year of Democracy is helping out uh, Colorado State University. I really appreciated having Congressman Buck here today. He's a veteran congressman representing Colorado. He's always been a great supporter of CSU, and it's really interesting to hear his perspective about politics because he's been involved in it for so long at so many different levels. So I think the perspective that he brings for our students to really talk about, you know, how to be inspired to go into politics. You don't have to set out in politics to run for U.S. Senate. You can start out at your local school board, city council, the important thing is to get involved. And I think he really underscored that today, so I hope a lot of our students really heard that, because the year of democracy is not an academic exercise. It's about engagement. Like you said, it's about voting, it's about showing up, expanding your ideas, running for office. Absolutely. So I just really appreciated him spending time at CSU today. He's He's the type of speaker we want to bring in all spring to really focus on what it means to be part of democracy today. Yeah. I'm sure you're looking forward to more conversations like this going into the future for further into the spring semester. Um, you already had a great fall semester for the year of democracy, and I'm, I'm sure you want to keep that going. What are you hoping to maybe get out of the end of the year of democracy? Uh, and would you like to do something like this again in the future, maybe? Absolutely. So our year of democracy is really leading up to the big national election next November. So partly what we want to have happen here is engage. They are paying attention to the national issues. They're registered to vote. A lot of our students will be voting for the first time, so we want to have really huge voter turnout, top in the country in terms of voter turnout among our students. And then hopefully we can capture that energy and democracy really becomes a focus and a priority for CSU in the long term. That it's not just a thematic year, it's a theme of Colorado State University. Absolutely. Well, great. Thank you. Any final statements? Anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to share. Um, you know, feel I, free. I'll just I'll just say that Colorado State University is a land grant institution, focusing on democracy, the democratization of education, of getting people involved in democracy, of turning out leaders in democracy in this country. That's our authentic history. That's our authentic roots at Colorado State University. We really believe in that space. So this is a testament to that. What you saw today. Great. Well, thank you so much. The Year of Democracy will continue with more speakers coming later in the spring semester. Keep listening to the Rocky Mountain Review for more updates on CSU's Year of Democracy for this semester. Coming up next is Lee with National News. Find out about a newspaper mystery in Colorado. In National News, here are some of the stories making national headlines this week. A Colorado police chief was placed on paid leave this week. This comes during an investigation into rape charges from an underage party at his house while he was asleep. The investigation first made national news earlier this month when the Mountain Town area in Ure County had its newspapers stolen off the racks. The papers had the investigation as the front page story. 
With the investigation spreading nationally after the bizarre newspaper theft, URA Police Chief Jeff Wood was placed on leave on Monday. The Colorado Bureau of Investigation first announced their investigation in May, and it was launched under the request of the URA County Sheriff's Office. CBI says that three people have since been arrested, 20-year-old Gabriel Trujillo, 18-year-old Ashton Whittington, and a minor who was identified as the police chief's stepson. All three are facing sexual assault charges. The victim is an unnamed 18-year-old girl who was 17 at the time of the reports, and she says she was at the police chief's house for his stepson's birthday party. Court records say the three suspects and the girl, all of which are underage, were drinking alcohol. Records also say the girl believed her drink might have been laced. Even though all three suspects were arrested, they were all released on bond. For now, the city says Wood will stay on paid leave until the criminal charges are handled. As for the over 250 newspapers stolen the morning the local newspaper published the investigation, the suspect in that case has been named and was issued a summons by URA police. 41-year-old Paul Choate was cited for petty theft and says he did it out of anger on behalf of the victim's family. Choate says the Plain Dealer, which is URA's local paper, published graphic details about the sexual assault reports and the fact that the story went national completely went against his intention. He says he was appalled and wanted to discourage the paper from sharing the victim's statements without consent. The story's author and Plain Dealer co-publisher Aaron McIntyre says she got those details from redacted documents and that the victim was not named. McIntyre wrote in a newsletter that before publishing the story, she didn't hear anything from the victim herself. She did communicate with someone who was supporting the victim and that it was agreed that the victim would see the details before they were published. Now, outside of Colorado, here's what you need to know about. Over the weekend, three U.S. soldiers were killed in the Middle East in a drone strike on a desert base in Jordan. Over 40 more were wounded. Officials also announced Monday that U.S. forces might have mistaken the drone for an American one, so there was no effort to shoot it down. Officials are not sure yet if that misconception was just a result of human error, but the attack adds a new layer of pressure to tensions in the Middle East. President Joe Biden is now facing a difficult choice in how to strike back. With fears of Israel's war against Hamas growing into a larger regional war, Biden now has to consider what to do next without escalating the damage in Gaza. Then, last Thursday, a group of transgender veterans filed a lawsuit asking the Department of Veteran Affairs to start providing and paying for gender-affirming surgeries. The lawsuit comes from the Transgender American Veterans Association, and the group is saying that the services are needed to reduce mental distress for veterans with gender dysphoria. VA spokesperson Dennis McDonough says that the department started a process back in 2021 that would lead to providing those services for transgender vets, but with the filing of last week's lawsuit, the, group's hope, the group hopes to finally push the VA to follow through on its promise for that coverage. And lastly, President Biden recently claimed he would shut down the U.S.-Mexico border if he needed and was able to, so that Congress could finally reach a border policy deal and so the U.S. could send more aid to Ukraine. The border deal has been stalling in Congress for months, and it seemed close to settling before falling apart again in the Senate. 
These recent statements from Biden do two major things. It shows a growing public concern about illegal immigration in the U.S., and they threatened to and they threatened to push Biden even further away from the approval of progressives who already say he's moved too far right on border policies. That'll wrap up your national updates for now. The information for this headline rundown comes from the Associated Press, and contributions to the Colorado story come from Denver 7 and the Durango Herald. We'll take a break, but when we come back, Tyler will give you the latest in sports. John Barnhart, and you're listening to KCSU for Collins. Hello, I'm Tyler Weatherwax with Sports. Tonight, the Colorado State University Rams men's basketball team will host San Diego State. The Rams have a current record of 15 and 5, with San Diego holding a 16 and 4 record. The teams are both in the Mountain Western Conference, so this game is going to be very important to both teams, especially with such close records. The Rams are coming off of a loss in Wyoming after losing 79 to 76 against the Cowboys. San Diego State and CSU are set to start playing at 7 p.m., with tonight being the State Pride Night as well. Make sure to get out there and support your CSU Rams. Tomorrow night, the CSU women's basketball team will be traveling to Colorado Springs to take on the United States Air Force Academy. CSU has a current rec 13 and 6, while USAF is sitting at 9 and 12. Women's basketball will be coming into Colorado Springs after a win over San Jose State, winning 65 to 49. CSU versus Air Force is set to start at 6:30 p.m. tomorrow night. This year's X Games were in Colorado, and the events kicked off last week, located in Aspen, Colorado. Many of the competitors felt right at home. According to an article from the Collegian, 9 out of 30 athletes on Team USA were from Colorado, making up almost a third of the whole team. For more information on the X Games, visit the Collegian's website. One Colorado student-athlete is making waves both on and off the court. Tommy Brunner is a fifth-year senior playing for the Denver Pioneers, and he leads the nation in scoring and field goals. He is also the CEO and founder of the nonprofit organization Be Different. Be Different helps hand out toys to kids in Denver, and those smiles mean more than his performance on the court, according to Brunner. Contributions for this article come from the Associated Press. Coming up is Lee, who will give you a rundown on the local weather forecast. The warmth from this weekend will continue for the start of this week. We should see the sun and warmer temps stick around for a couple days. Tonight, the sky will stay pretty clear. We'll see a low of 27 degrees and a little bit of a breeze. Wednesday, we'll see some more sunny skies as it warms up to a solid high of 64. The breeze will feel pretty close to how it felt today. And Wednesday night, we'll have a couple clouds roll in, so it'll be partly cloudy. Temps will drop to a low of around 31. Then Thursday will be another fairly warm day. The high could peak near 59 degrees, but a gentle breeze should keep it from feeling overly hot. 
Thursday evening will be another cloudy night, but so far it looks like we won't see any rain. We'll have a low of 31 and some light and variable wind. If you want the rest of the week's weather forecast, you can catch that at the end of our show on Thursday, which, of course, will start at 4 p.m. As always, information for this forecast comes from the National Weather Service. And that is all for today. We would like to thank Damien Castile for our amazing theme music. We'd also like to thank the rest of our staff here at KCSU and Rocky Mountain Student Media. We couldn't do this without you. Finally, we couldn't do this without you, dear listener, so thank you. If you missed any part of today's show, you can find the RMR podcast on kcsufm.com under the news or podcast section. You can also find us on Spotify or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts by searching KCSU News. And with that, we'll see you next time.